Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first official episode of the Old Games New School Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer. And I'm Nathaniel. Now, the topic of today is the history of video games. I think it's important to fill in the viewers who have no idea what we're talking about, or any idea about video games, how much video games have changed from the past to the present. Now, starting with its earliest history, the first recognizable arcade game was in the New York State Fair in 1940. The game was a machine programmed to play the ancient game of Nim, a game of picking from a batch of objects, whereas the last person to pick up an object loses. The machine was ungracefully dubbed the Nimatron. Now, Nim is a, a very complicated game that it actually took me quite a while to understand, and rightfully so, considering that 90% of the games were won by the actual machine rather than the person playing them. You're telling me people sucked back then? Like, 95% of the people are just like, hmm, oh, I'm going to pick none of them and just lose. Well, you have to pick one of them. Because uh, it's a game where you have uh, five rows in a descending number of objects. And uh, out of those rows, you can pick a select amount of objects from said row. Basically, the first person to pick the last object loses. All right. So you're telling me the robot just always had the game plan and essentially beat them. Even back then, 1940s, the AI was still that good? You kidding me? It hasn't improved much by today's standards then. Yeah, well, some AIs are alright, but we should really get back to the subject. Crazy to think the video game roadmap started all the way back in 1940, especially with a horrid name like the Nimatron. Yeah, could you imagine modern games with a Tron as a suffix to them? Like Mario-a-tron. Pac-tron. <laughs> Galaga-tron. Dark-tron, Souls-tron. <laughs> <laughs> My knowledge of video games started back in the early 80s when they used to have arcade games. You know, when you're digging around your mom's sofa and find some quarters and you'd be like, oh, I'm time to go pawn this off and play some actual Pac-Man for once. Yeah, well, even now, with uh, me never been in, in a fully-fledged arcade, especially in their, uh, you know, their glory days. How much money do you think you put into arcade games? Oh, that's a tough question. I think I put, like... I'd say I'd go there with like $5, and considering how many times I've been to the arcades, I'd say I've spent like $270 just on arcade games, just for the really? hell of it. Yeah, I used to play this old Simpsons like fighting beat-em-up game, and it used to be in the movie theater. Uh, along with that, I'd play Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, and my parents were just obsessed with it, so they keep funding our reckless spending. <laughs> uh, I, I remember my parents would give me like five quarters max, and just be like, yep, have fun for like two minutes because we have a movie to watch yeah backpedaling a little the first arcade video game was actually released in 1971 a little early to the draw there though it was called computer space made by the company Sazigi engineering who were later known for making the game pong a year later with pong being the first commercially available and successful arcade game it's crazy to think that video games could have ended right there Especially with the media surrounding it. Or it could have just stayed at space games, with never progressing from there. Yeah, starting off with space games, it would have been only been what it's known for. Just like, you know, Galaga, you know, just, hey, remember that game called, like, I don't know, Moonbase or, uh, you know, Space Walk or whatever? It just would have yeah. been the end. That's, like, insane, because now we got things like um, <laughs> FIFA... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a replication of sports that could just be played on their own. But I, I guess it would, uh, I mean, it would help if, uh, with video games, creating a simulation of it, rather than having to, you know, find a bunch of people, uh, rent out a field, or just play in a field. 
I mean, I think it's better, in my opinion, because then, you know, you can get a ton of people, like, it's more funny watching people, like, oh, I don't know, flight smash a controller <laughs> when he gets mad at uh, Madden instead of, like, watching him freak out on a field. That'd be a bit more weird. <laughs> Plus, with video game clips, they spread so easily, man. Yeah. The media's really helped out video games oh, yeah. on its way. Completely. Without media, honestly, video games would have died out, you know? I mean, yeah, a lot of it was fear-mongering at first, like, Nintendo's gonna invade your child's brain, but, like, they kind of helped out without noticing, and now Nintendo and things like Sega are, like, household names. Sega, not so much, but (laughs) (laughs) things like Riot Games, you'll see it, like, in your house, which is crazy to think that video games went from being just this non-commercial success to the nerd culture. Now, you ask a child, hey, what's your favorite video game? And they'll give you an answer instead of video games are for nerds. All right, I think we're rounding about the time to conclude the first episode of the Old Games New School Podcast. I've been Spencer. I'm Nathaniel. And we'll see you in the next episode of the Old Games New School Podcast.